Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awakened CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were in overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit-talk, 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 talking about a clit-talk, clit-talk, clit-talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Yo, Clitorati, what is up? Have you ever been cheated on? In today's wild world of fluid relationships where you have so many choices, polyamory, non-monogamy, play parties, dungeons, dragons, what is cheating even in the midst of all this? And where does good old-fashioned monogamy stand? The definition of cheating is to act dishonestly or unfairly in order to gain an advantage, especially in a game. So what happens when you create new rules to your relationship game? Then cheating isn't cheating anymore, is it? Clearly, this topic has brought up a whole lot of questions for us, so let's dive in with the pussy posse and get some answers. All right, so let's get a temperature of the room. Ladies, have you ever been cheated on? Yes. 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 And I've cheated. Yeah. I have never been cheated on, but I've been the person that someone cheated on with. You get understand what I'm saying? Did yeah. you know? The mystery. Oh, very much so. Oh, you yeah. And and I have a lot of shame around it. It was a it was a pattern for a while for me. Yeah. I've been um I've been cheated on two times that I'm aware of. And one time that felt like cheating. Um mean you felt like you cheated on someone? No, no oh. I felt like someone cheated on me. So it was my high school boyfriend, and we were on again, off again. We were together for six years, and we were off again, but it didn't feel like we were off again, and he went to Europe, and then I later found out he had had this whole like European affair with this girl, and it felt like cheating because he wasn't honest with me about it. Then I had a guy who I talked about in the Rupture episode who had a completely hidden life and I found out I did not know and found out I was the other woman when I confronted the woman I thought he was cheating on me with she said what are you talking about we've been together for 11 years and I'd only been with him for two years that fucked with my head that sent my ass to therapy and then I've also been cheated on by a serious relationship Vegas bachelorette part bachelor party style as well so I feel like, yeah, I've definitely been cheated on. I've never cheated on anybody, but I've also been in a non-monogamous relationship, which I think we're going to talk about later. And I can tell you it's very, very different feeling. You're a champ and a saint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I've been cheated on officially twice, but neither time was I mad about it for very long because it was so well justified. So the first time I was cheated on, I was 19. I was in my apartment where I lived with a roommate and my boyfriend comes in the door. It's two in the morning or so. And I'm asking him, what are you doing here? And he just said, I'm so sorry. Let's turn on the lights. I have to talk to you. And he told me that he had just cheated on me with our mutual guy friend and a female neighbor from that apartment building that our mutual friend lived in. And he said, I'm so sorry. People have accused me my entire life of being gay because he had a lot of kind of feminine aspects. He would dress and drag every once in a while. He was really super into fashion and he worked in, at Diesel. You know, he was just a very <laughs> fashionable, <laughs> fabulous guy. And so he was accused of being gay all the time. And he said, I had to find out if it was true I can assure you it is not. I am definitely not gay. I know 100%. And I had to come tell you right away. Now, already he had me at just coming straight to my house and telling me and telling me where it was coming from. He already had forgiveness right there. What he said next, though, was the thing where I just forever forgave him and never really had to bring it up again, which is that he had been uh, he had gotten in a sexual relationship with his older brother when they were really little. So it was kind of one of those, let's play and let's, you know, play like we're dogs and cats. And then let's play like they're, we'll put hot wax on each other and stuff. And maybe they were four and, you know, eight or something. But as the years progressed, my boyfriend got to a point where he just did not want to do that anymore. It didn't feel good to him, but his brother was just hitting puberty. And so his older, gigantic brother, he was kind my boyfriend was the runt of the family. This guy was like a linebacker. And he's 13 years old. And he, my boyfriend would wake up with his brother's dick in his face, like, you know, forcing him to give him a blowjob. That's how he grew up. And so he said, I've been walking around this world like I am a total and complete freak. And like I'm high, I'm I think I'm keeping it a secret, but I feel like everybody knows. And so when people accused me of being gay, I really did have a lot of questions because of what happened. So I got that. <laughs> um, I did not forgive the mutual friend, though. I was pissed at him <laughs> for doing that. Um, and then the second experience I had, uh, a boyfriend of mine. We were living in two separate places. I was living in LA. He was living in San Diego. And I told him I didn't want him to come up for the weekend because I needed some me time. He got super butthurt. And this uh, previously sober gentleman went to a club, started ordering whiskey. A guy, a guy friend came up to him and he said, if you see me get in a fight, don't stop me. I'm just on a rampage tonight. He proceeds to do a bunch of ecstasy. He goes home with two girls. They give each other massages. Then he's making out with them, and it gets really super hot and heavy, and he stops in the middle of it and goes, stop, stop. I'm so sorry. I just kind of blacked out. I'm in love with Eve. So that I also forgave. <laughs> I was super pissed, though, for about 30 minutes. 
So I'm actually curious, Rachel, did for in your situation, were you ever confronted by any of the partners? No, you know, every situation is so unique, right? So the first one was really, um, I was 22. It was my second serious relationship. And um, the circumstance was, it's going to sound, it sounds so terrible when I roll it out, but the, this person that I ended up seeing for a very long time, he, I met him a month after he married his wife. Mm. And um, we just had, it wasn't, it, we had great friendship chemistry. We just connected. So we just had a deep friendship. We would, we spent time together, but God, he was married. There was just, it was not on the table that there'd be something more than that. And we were running buddies and, you know, we're in a band together and we just had such a great relationship. And then, you know, before long, we were both really deeply in love with each other, but we never kissed each other. We, we never crossed the line. I don't, I can't recall how many months had passed, but eventually we did cross the line. And shortly thereafter, he moved out of his house and, you know, separated and divorced. So it was, you know, it was like, a, it was a profound relationship. It wasn't, ooh, I'm going to see if I can get this married man. So he left you know? his wife for you. Well, he left his wife because it was not. It was not working. It, it was, he married her for the wrong reasons. And when, when we connected, he like got it so strong. So it didn't, he actually left his wife. He, he officially divorced after I had moved to New York. That we, he, he waited a whole year after I moved to New York. So it took, anyway. Right, it's long, like your sorry. connection with him showed him, showed him fuck. What he, yeah. I'm not really in love with the woman Yeah, I'm I never married. had that with my wife. Right. So it could have been, yeah, he had a true connection with you. So, but did you, was there guilt for you? Were you able, like for any of our listeners who maybe have been the other woman, was there a process you went through or like oh, that you God, had to yes. forgive yourself? Like, do you have any advice for people who have been the other well, woman? You know, it's tricky because, you know, I still have guilt about it. And the people in our band, you know, they all knew the situation. They all knew the genesis of that relationship. My family, you know, loved him and accepted him, but they knew the genesis of that relationship. Like it was always a dark cloud over it because we fell in love when he was married. I mean, that just is the case. So I can't say that I've, I have totally forgiven myself. And then the fact that that happened that actually happened three times in my life in very, in kind of similar circumstances. Like they, they, and, but, but you never know, right? When, when you're with a man that's married, they're always going to say, oh, well, I'm leaving my wife and we're not really in love. And we, you know, like that's sort of the cliche excuse that men give. So you don't really know at the time if it's genuine, but in all three occasions, it was profound connections. It wasn't just, oh, let me see if I can, you know, fuck this guy who's unavailable and like the thrill of that. Um, Yeah. I'd say I've been in a situation where he was separated and it was like the second or third time. So it was like, for sure, this time they've moved out. But there is shame around it, regardless of how much you justify it and how authentic you are inside of all your communication, how grown up you can be about it. You know, and like 
fast forward two and a half years later, like I just actually met up with this boyfriend and he is now going through his actual divorce. He had had another girlfriend for seven months. They broke up a while ago. Like he is definitely in a different space, but regardless, like it's also the judgment from other people too, that you are like, doesn't matter how clear you are about this. People have judgment regardless. So what I want to say to you ladies is that I think sometimes we don't always fall in, fall in love for the purpose of a relationship, but we fall in love to learn something, you know, and both of you guys had that experience. This gentleman with his uh, wife and divorcing several, several years later. And even for you, he left his wife right away and you didn't end up necessarily being in a relationship right away with him. In fact, you weren't in one. Yeah, but there definitely was overlap. You know, and I, and it's funny because that was almost 30 years ago and I still have guilt, guilt about it. You know, it still feels um, just not like I was being my highest self. Well, and there's also like that, is karma going to come back and bite me in the ass when I actually am with, a, with, with my husband? Is that what's going to happen now? Because I was that woman. Mm-hmm. What are you getting from not forgiving yourself? Oh, I'm such a pro at beating myself up every chance I get. I'm like, I am the guilt queen. I have just a mountain of mommy guilt, a mountain of professional guilt. I never feel like I'm doing enough, even though I get affirmation to the contrary all the time. It's just like, that's my personality. And I would say as a married woman, like if you were the other woman, I would want you feeling that guilt. Mm. Like this conversation like makes my blood boil. Yeah. Because I've never cheated on anyone. And that's the idea of like, and right, like I totally get the side of like, how do you forgive yourself? And just putting this conversation in my shoes, be like, fuck you. You know, mm-hmm. like you destroyed my life, basically. And I know that it takes like three to tango in this. Like, so it's not totally blameless. On if this was me, like if I was the married woman in the situation, but I can see why it'd be hard to forgive yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I, and that's part of the reason why I am so happy having found non-monogamy now. Mm. Um, you know, that was, there was, I had a certain, I had a breakdown in uh, my relationships right before I found non- non-monogamy where it was clear that I didn't want a relationship, but I didn't have any structure for what that would look like. And so I would end up having casual relationships with people and like leading them on and and creating situations that were really unhealthy and not loving. And this sort of allows me to just, this new structure and being able to create exactly what I want and what my partner wants allows me to just transform all of that. Well, and let's let's dive into that a little bit. So, for there are some of us in non or or and have been in non-monogamous relationships and we've obviously talked about that a lot on the show, but for those of you in those open relationships, I think a lot of people think it's maybe just glorified mutual cheating. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Fuck no. That term is actually <laughs> low-key offensive over here. I think that look going back to the definition as defined in the beginning, cheating is based on a set of you have to break a certain amount of rules, which means there has to be rules in place. And with non-monogamous relationships, <clears throat> usually there are certain rules in place. And so if you 
if you follow the rules to the game, it like, cannot be cheating then. Because cheating is like a, bra- a, a, is a breach of a rule that is like within an agreement. So within a non-monogamous relationship, there's an agreement. There is a pre-existing agreement. So how on earth could that be glorified cheating if you're playing by those rules? They're just not the same rules in the box well, of monogamy. I can, I can say from personal experience, having been cheated on and then also in a non-monogamous relationship with the same person, no fucking way is it the same thing. Because I think the fundamental difference is honesty and setting up, like you were saying, sugar, those agreements. Because once you have those agreements, you can still cheat on somebody in a non-monogamous relationship. Yes, you can. Oh, Absolutely. You know, you, you can break because those you're rules? breaking those agreements. And, and every couple's agreements can be different. And I can tell you the feeling of the thing that I thought was going to be the most upsetting is seeing the person I love have sex with another person. And when someone cheats on you, you imagine a scene from whatever, the, like the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie, like True Lies. You know, you imagine oh that. But then when you're actually there, it and if the right communication is there, you it can actually bring a couple closer. But the dishonesty for me is the thing that fucking hurts the most. The lying. Like, don't fucking lie to me. Sex... I think can be sex for certain people. Do I think non-monogamy is for everybody? Fuck no. Do I even know if it's for me moving forward? I don't know. But it's the dishonesty that is hurts. I I hear that you wanted to call that movie True Lies because that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, and that's, it's called Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, that's, just to clarify. <laughs> I didn't think it was the right one. But. So, so from the monogamous, like, section over here. If if you misunderstand a rule in a poly relationship, is that cheating? Okay, so I have most of my experience in this arena. <laughs> I will tell you. This is, I will tell, this is the most normal, common thing that happens, I think, in a non-monogamous relationship is a rule you didn't even think to fucking think about. And it shows up in the heat of the moment. Things happen. Things move quickly. And then after you realize that didn't feel good. And if I knew that was going to happen, I maybe would have put a rule in there. That is such a vulnerable, beautiful space for a couple to be in where I believe all of my growth has really come from with uh, my partner. And because it's there is a context of honesty. There's a, wow, I didn't realize because we decided, we we made these boundaries and this showed up in the moment. And... We thought it was cool, but then it wasn't cool. Um, or things moved too quickly, and then it was like, wait, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And um, it's happened with friends before, too, and their partners. Sometimes things move quickly. And I think in um, friendships, especially, like when you have real bonds with your partner and your friendships in this world, it's so much easier to talk about that and say, listen, that was really not intentional. And I was, you know, you're pushing your boundaries. Come the fuck on, people. Like, you haven't made a mistake. If you think you're not going to make a mistake when you open up the boundaries of your relationship, that's, don't enter this domain. (laughs) It's not a mistake. You have to re-imagine what a mistake is. It's actually a discovery point of your next edge or your next boundary or the next rule to add to the relationship game. Yeah, and- I could never do that. <laughs> it's so funny because I get off on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, great. We learned more. <laughs> Clit Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. With your 
you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, sugar, we can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. What up, Clitorati? Now, I don't know about you, but I do not have time to just sit around and read a book. That's why I freaking love audiobooks from Audible. We are super excited to have partnered with Audible to create a very special offer just for you. Audible is offering a free download and 30-day free trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. Now, we personally recommend Chris Ryan's Sex at Dawn, and you can download your free copy simply by going to audibletrial.com backslash clit talk. And also the former rules don't apply. Sometimes they can actually be reversed. It's such an interesting, like the first time I was in a non-monogamous play party situation with a new partner, it was the first time I'd done it with a partner. So I never had to take a partner's feelings into consideration, under consideration. And my partner and I met a former couple that I used to date. He knew that they were exes of mine, not exes. They were, you know, it's non-monogamy. So I used to play with them. And um, I waited for my partner to use the bathroom for me to give them a passionate kiss because I was going uh, by the old rules that thought, well, that felt more compassionate. Why would I want to do that in front of my partner? Well, my partner saw me do that through a window. He was waiting for the restroom and he saw me giving them that passionate kiss on the sly. And so he talked to me about it afterwards and he and how that made him feel because then he actually felt cheated on in that moment. And I was like, oh, holy shit, I was actually trying to preserve your feelings because I didn't want to put it in your face because I'm not used to this. And he's like, no, I feel, you know, and he said, remember when I saw so-and-so, my old partner, and I gave her a passionate kiss right in front of you. How did that feel? And I'm like, that actually felt great because you weren't hiding anything from Mm -hmm. me. So it's really, it's confusing and you have to constantly renegotiate and check in with yourself. Ooh, that didn't feel good. Why didn't that feel good? And be in constant communication. Right. I mean, it's a game. So you're playing together. So if all of a sudden you're playing different fucking games, you're no longer in a game, right? And I mean, I think that that is a blurry line of... um, where people, it could be easily manipulated, where someone's like, oh, I was trying to protect your feelings. And if it becomes a consistent pattern, it's like, that's not healthy because we're here to play together. And, you know, I'm sure if, that if you continue with a partner who made that request of you, knowing who you are, Rachel, you would add that that rule to the, the game board. You'd be like, okay, yeah, this is new agreement. And I <laughs> so, did immediately and I got his world and it made perfect sense, but I could have never figured that out Unless I stepped into that landmine. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you guys this. We've we've established that there can be cheating in both monogamous and non-monogamous relations. So here's the question. You're cheated on. Do you just pack up your bag and, and leave? Is it over? Or is there something that you can work out? I grew up in a household that that's exactly what happened. Because my mother got cheated on multiple times as I was growing up. So that was my perception of that's what you do. So. 
I, I got cheated on by my first boyfriend in ninth grade and junior high by my best friend because I wouldn't have sex and she would. And yep, peace out. And then um, in college, my first like really serious boyfriend in college also cheated on me. And I had actually tried breaking up with him because we were going to be in different parts of the country for the summer. And when I came back and found out he slept with nine girls while I was away, <laughs> I was mm. pretty fucking upset. And that was exactly it. I just was like, dude, I already tried to make this like, okay, for us to do our own thing. And you fucked up. Done. And he always felt bad about it. Even, gosh, I mean, I'd say a few years ago, he even reached out and still apologized for it. Like, I just like cut his balls off about it. Because it was like, fuck, I don't cheat. And no, you don't cheat on me. But I also know it's because that's the environment I was raised in. Yeah, well, too. It, sounds, it sounds like you're clear that what happened to your mom had an impact on you. But now that you've had all these experiences, how do you feel about it? Do you still feel that is the right thing to do? Just leave if someone cheats on you? Or do you feel like maybe there's shades of gray? I can see, I have to say, since doing this podcast and since being around people that have been in non-monogamous relationships and polyamorous relationships, I can I can see why things would be different. Having also been the other woman in a with someone who was technically still married, um, that also had me question it, especially when I had such firm beliefs about it. It was like that is a that is a uh, what do they call those deal breaker? That is a deal breaker, and I don't know if I was actually cheated on if I would be okay with it right now. Like it would have to be so much communication. And I think preemptively the idea of the rules or that kind of a thing, I think there would just have to be that, but I still don't know that I could stomach it. I don't know if I want to discover that. Mm -hmm. I really just want to be in a monogamous relationship and even be like, I was with a guy that's in an open relationship and it's like, it makes you feel like, is that really okay? Like, is it really okay that I did that? You question it. So I don't know if I want to have that fill my mind space. Well, I I really liked what you said, Sugar, about how when you make a, quote, mistake in a polyamorous relationship that you really more view it as a discovery point. And I really just found that the times that I was, quote, cheated on, it, they were discovery points. I learned a lot about where those men were at, where they were coming from, and why they made the choice that they did. And if they had to do it all over again, they wouldn't. But they had to go down that path to get what they got. They in no way weren't considering me it, there was no loss of love or lack of love or appreciation. It's not that they wanted to leave me for someone else. It's simply that they had to discover what they had to discover. It and wasn't It wasn't personal, right? It really wasn't. And it can still be that experience that it's really personal. Yeah, I mean, I got so angry. The, the second time it happened with the whole drunken ecstasy, multiple women, blah-dee-dee-blah, he didn't even stick his dick in anyone. I still, when he told me, I jumped onto his lap. I put both hands around my throat 
around his throat and I said, I want to fucking kill you. Now, I have never had that <laughs> desire <laughs> in my life. You know the person who it is. I'll tell you later who it is. But yeah, and then I took my hands off of his throat. I said, I'm sorry. And I went and sat in the corner of his bedroom and just steam came out of every pore in my body. I was seething with anger. So I definitely allowed my emotions to flow. It wasn't instantaneous. Oh, babe, you really missed me. So you had to fuck around with somebody else. It was, it was, it took, it took a a whole night of communication for us to get there. And I think that's really what there is, is if you can bring curiosity into the space to discover what's there for them, you'll either discover that your relationship isn't working and that there's something to to heal, or you'll discover that it's time not to go forward anymore, or you'll discover there's something, a, a way for your relationship to grow or your sex life to grow. So there's also people, because of that experience you had of being cheated on, that later in life ended up being a punching bag for you. So like I had a serious boyfriend at one point. The guy never fucking cheated on me. I swore to God he did probably every three months. And would have fights with him about it and find evidence about it. He never did. Like, I was so caught up in the damage that had been done by having been cheated on and having seen that in my childhood that I was projecting it. And I'll say, too, I've even thanked him in later years of for being so such a great guy in that scenario because it helped me actually work through things and trust men again. No, it's not perfect. And it did make a difference. And that's also what we end up doing too. That's part of the journey as well. So I've been with Ethan for for 11 years. We've been married for five. The discovery point of him ever cheating on me would be me taking half of his money, divorcing him, and taking my kids. (laughs) So there is no, there is no room for that. And I've, I think I've been very clear from that from the beginning of our relationship. Like that is what he would discover. You don't have those rules. The rules are there is no. You're hilarious. I fucking love you. I laugh the hardest. But what I want to point out is. Because because you don't have those are not the rules. Yeah, you're in a monogamous relationship. Which means so right? So there is no discovery point. Yeah, the discovery is it's over, Ethan. (laughs) Well, well, like hold on a second though. If Ethan ever he'd never say quote unquote like I know that he never would. And if he did, he, he it would not be Katie getting played. It would be that he went through something so much that you literally had to fucking stop and have a, a Jesus moment because that's your best friend, father of your son, best friend, most important person in the world to you. And you would need to be like, okay, Ethan, explain yourself. Let me try to understand. But what I want to share is, I did not know I was going to fucking share this, you guys, but I have been the person that has cheated. Okay. So do we want to hear a little piece about how I communicated? That that you were the cheater? To the person. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mostly was the person that cheated on people. I said it. This is one of those moments where I'm like, are we really serious that we fucking said that on air? And yeah, you know what? I, I did. And, and here's, here's some of the details. It was with my now husband. And it happened while I was still in college with my best guy friend from business school. 
and under the pressure cooker of our relationship being really strapped and vulnerable and not getting along and the right fight at the right time under the right circumstances at the same event as my best friend, put two and two together, we had drunken sex. I told my partner immediately the, the, the day that I, that it had happened. And it was the most terrifying experience of my entire life because I knew it was um, about to be a completely like pivotal moment and character breaking moment for me that I was about to like shed a part of myself that was not going to make, I was not going to be the same person from then on. But I was, see, that's the thing for my partner to have been able to distinguish, is she playing me? And is this going to fucking happen again? And I'm going to be, am I going to be an idiot and stay? Or am I going to pack my bags and go or pack her bags and kick her out? Or did this person seriously have like a, a life moment where they, they're going through a spiritual experience and that, that I want to warrant them that forgiveness. And I think every person has to be their own fucking judge of that because I could have easily been that person that played him and did it over and over and over and over again, you know? And if that's the case, fuck yeah, pack the bags and go. Um, but when you trust someone and you know someone and it's out of character that, that something happened, um, I mean, I, I, I slut-shamed myself for him. Guess what? I fucking got it. I got my lesson hard and fast. And three weeks later, that crazy son of a bitch proposed to me. And we're now married in the relationship that we're in. Hardest conversations of my entire life, because I literally had to break down, like as a person, like be like, I do not ever want to do this to somebody again or myself or feel that shame again. So, I mean, if you're the one who's cheated, um, you're fucking welcome that I just shared that. And I love you. And um, and uh, if, if you're currently questioning if someone's cheating on you or if something has happened recently, like, I'm your sugar. Like, you guys trust me and you know me. And just can, just ask yourself, give yourself that moment. Is this a pack of your bags and leave moment or do I know this person and do I need to, like, sit back and have those moments like Eve has had that she shared in this episode, you know, and that my partner had to experience and sit and listen and go through a spiritual process with somebody. And I, I want to add something to that. So when I experienced the second time that my part in the second time in my life that somebody cheated on me, it was very different than the first time. The first time the guy was literally a fucking sociopath, like had three relationships at one point. His mother knew all of us. Crazy, crazy level, like 2020 Dateline story. The second time was so cliche, bachelor party in Vegas, doesn't remember her name, crying. The first guy, when I confronted his girlfriend, which I found out, told me he never loved me, never wanted to talk to me again. Second guy is fighting for the relationship. What I want to say about cheating is whether you like it or not, it is a communication. Now, whether the communication is I'm a fucking crazy person and you need to run as fucking far away as you can, <laughs> or there's something fucked up in your relationship, because what I got when somebody cheated on me is I had promised him that I was open to hearing any communication from him. And he had been dropping hints about threesomes and dropping hints about wanting to go to sex parties, and I was just shutting it down. I didn't keep my promise to be open to any communication, so he lashed out. Now, am I justifying his behavior? Hell no. Was it okay? No. However, it was a communication. So if someone has cheated on you, 
you have to determine for yourself, what is the communication? Is there something workable here? Is this relationship salvageable? I come from the camp. I think it can be. My dad cheated on my mom. They worked it out. They've been married 35 years, totally in love. They worked it out and they're still in love. So I don't personally think that cheating can be the end of a family because my fucking parents are awesome and totally in love and completely work through it. Our listeners out there have heard both of Lindsay's parents on the show. They are some of the most awesome human beings in the entire world. And, and I'm probably going to have to ask their permission to keep that in the episode. <laughs> so, but for our listeners out there who may need a little inspiration to open up communication in their relationships, because as we've established, this is just a communication. Can you guys share how you communicate the rules of the game with your partners and lovers? Lindsay, from what you just shared, I just discovered that now my communication to my partner back then was probably that I wanted to be in a non-monogamous relationship. I mean, that was nearly like four years ago that that happened, right? So it's crazy because here we are and uh, probably would, would I probably would have cheated on him again, actually, and maybe vice versa. I mean, what we do is we have basic rules, general rules. We do not date other people. Do we not go hunting for the opposite sex to have intercourse. Um, if we were to meet someone that's attractive, it's okay to flirt if that and and get the number if it's like a strong fuck yes. And then we can talk, him and I can talk about it to see if we want to hang out together, something that never happens, but we have discussed that. Like, it's okay to go flirt with people. He was in Germany. I'm like, bring back a fucking amazing Berlin model, please. Like, I'm okay with him being open to receiving people come through. Basic rules, no intercourse with other people. We go to play parties together. Um, but then there's a case-by-case basis. So any new person we bring in, I might say, new rule, you can text this person whenever you want. I might say, we're going to a, we went to a play party last weekend and I was like, okay, let's decide our, let's relook at our, our rules. And um, we made, we address all the rules up front that evening and it might be different from the, the play party before. So it's always, always good for us like, to readdress them every time because maybe things have changed. Maybe new awarenesses have happened. Maybe changes in desires because desire, my desires change every fucking week. Seriously. Well, but, and your relationship is possibly in a different place because of what you've experienced yeah, from before. It brings up new ideas. Ooh, well, now I kind of want to do this. Let me ask about that. Let's see if that's a rule. So it's so ongoing. It's what makes it so fun and sexy. It's just always adding to it. Uh, For me and my relationship, because my current partner in his history has had so many situations in which there's kind of a third person around or a third person threatening the relationship, when we started our, our relationship officially, he asked me not to continue my bisexual relationship that I had with sugar. Oh, honey, she's making a cry face. Um. So because I had so much compassion for him and because I didn't think Sugar was going to have a hard time finding a replacement, I said, <laughs> okay. And and then he said, now, if you want to bring other women home for us to play with together, that's okay. Don't bring any dudes over, but a woman is okay. And And I told him what happened for me was as soon as he told me, I'm not comfortable with you being with her anymore. I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I realized I don't want to cause that for him. 
I don't want to cause the constriction. I don't want to cause him to get that kind of Victorian lust where you're not supposed to do it, so you want to do it extra bad. So I just told him, look, you can have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. Don't ever let me see it. I don't want to see you holding hands or being romantic with anybody. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know a thing about it. But it is fine with me if you do whatever you want. Now, he doesn't listen to this show, fortunately or unfortunately. So I will say that there is a confidence that goes along with this. It's not that I'm just so giving. It's that I know our sex is so fucking good. There's no way he could have sex with somebody as a first-time thing and have it blow our sex out of the water. It might be hot. It might be interesting. It might be like, oh, new tits or new pussy or whatever guys think when they're doing it. But there's nothing that's going to compare to our seven years of friendship, everything that we've learned about each other in the bedroom, and how hot it is. So for the record, Eve, no one has replaced you. This has been hard as fuck. My standards are, they, you fucked me up. <laughs> like in a good way. Like I used to just fuck anything and anyone. I didn't necessarily filter energy. What was like feeling good. I wasn't tapped into that. I wasn't prioritizing like the sensuality or the sexuality and like through osmosis and drinking your juices. Legit. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm talking to you. Like, over, you know, the course of six months, like, it changed me on, like, a cellular level. And, like, no, there's not been a replacement. Maybe good attempts, uh, but, like, no. And I'm still listening for magic and expanded pers- perspectives from, you know, your your partner, but it's, it is what it is, you know? And, and like, to me, it's just, I hold that in a highlight and, uh, like, that's what there is to strive for that. That's the energy that I'm on, like the level of. So I haven't really been with like, I can't really be with women right now. It's really weird. Oh, wow. Are we rolling? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just going to sit over here and quietly weep. I think, uh, Crystal had something to say. (laughs) No, it's like, is there an exception when there's a medical circumstance and someone can't be sexual? Because that's, as a monogamous person, one thought I've had, I'm like, well, when would I be okay with it probably? If I was, could not physically do it for some reason, but didn't want them to stray, I would let them do it, but we got to talk about it. But that would be... Well, I, situational. I also think that there's a responsibility on both partners. If you're not having a healthy sex life, like my ex, his wife didn't fuck him for six years. Like, I'm sorry. Like, what do you fucking expect? Well, that's people have needs. Yeah. Well, medical is yeah. different than just not doing it. Uh, I no, think. I think men need that is a medical totally. thing. Like, you have totally. to have sex. <laughs> but what you're talking about is Crystal is. Non-monogamy. I mean that that's a negotiated non-monogamy. But I was saying is I think there is actually a place where cheating can save a relationship because if people are in a highly traditional relationship and for some reason they are truly committed to one another and have a powerful loving relationship with one another, but for whatever reason it's a sexless marriage, there can I think that there it, it's conceivable that a partner could be cheating could be getting their sexual 
needs met outside of the relationship and not telling their partner because they know that it wouldn't work for them, that they, it would be too hard for them to accept that, but they can do it. And I, I can see, and I, I listened to the Savage Love cast and he talks about that. And I can see how that could be even ethical in its own way. Ideally, it would be above board and the partner would give permission, but maybe that would be too difficult for that partner. Katie, your face right now is so amazing. You have ethical. Um, So just to answer the question, like how you communicate the rules of your game with partners and lovers, like in a monogamous relationship, like, yes, if you're not having sex for seven years, like, what are you... Like, if I wasn't having sex with Ethan for seven years, like, what would I be thinking? So what we do is we really keep our sex life interesting, you know? And we've gone through periods of time where sex hasn't been as easy to come by, you know, for both of us. And we've still, like, stayed in it together and explored different things. And the show has obviously facilitated a lot of that transformation as of late, Um, especially with this round of, like, having trouble having sex while I'm pregnant, So I think that's really when you're committed to someone like I am to Ethan for life, like rocking chairs on our front porch when we're old and like helping each other get up, you know, like that's, that's what I picture with, with us and just continuing to keep it fresh and, um, and loving and the lines of communication open. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a juicy, emotional, steamy, revealing Mm -hmm. conversation. I learned things I didn't know. I heard things I didn't like. I heard things that opened my my mind. And um, I'm sure you guys all out there listening feel the same way. Um, We would love to know your thoughts on this conversation. Any tools that you have for communication in this realm, any personal stories that you have, any advice that you need, please reach out to us on our Instagram at Clit Talk Show. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.